That'll be amazing. But even starting, I didn't know. It's like, hey, I'm Adam. Hey, I'm Donovan. We're doing a podcast. Wild. Do, 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 do. That's where the, the theme music comes in. <laughs> You're listening to That's Just Life, a podcast exploring life, community, God, and friendship. This is episode one. Okay, so the part that I love about why to do this, for me, this is Donovan, is I've been trying different forms of communicating, telling story, recognizing that the life that we've lived and been a part of to us is normal and to most other people, it's like, what in the world? Like, how did it work? And there's all these questions about, like, the hidden stuff that happened in our lives, So that's one aspect of it. So I've tried to write and blog, but my gift is not writing and I'm a talker and I like to communicate and I like relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So talking it out with someone who was there can help that get it out. And (coughs) that's the part I think I like the most. So, so then, okay, let's just start at the beginning. Okay. You moved out to Steinbeck. And you, and your wife, and two, three-year-old and one-year-old? Three and one, yeah. Decided it would be cool to have four 19-year-olds living in your basement. Goes actually further back. I was working at a Christian school. There was a revival. I feel it was a revival that broke out in the school. We were gathering early morning to pray. And God was doing such cool things. Getting to the end of that my last year there, we were going to move to Steinbach. We already knew one of the guys who I hope is listening to this, <coughs> Zach, um, came into my office and said, what am I going to do next year? And I just jokingly said, you should totally just move to Steinbach with us. And within a day, I was like, no, seriously, can I move to Steinbach with you? And it started with that. And then round two was, he came in my office probably like three days later and like, okay, I know it's crazy, but Two is probably better than one, so we're not bored. And so, like, what do you think if, like, JK comes and moves out there with us? And then there's, like, two, so I'm, like, not just bored. I'm, like, yeah, like, let's, I'll talk to Kendra. And then from there, it was, like, okay, so, like, Tim Bach. Like, that guy's the most legit guy, and he would probably, like, keep us sane. So he probably would be, like, a good third to add because it would actually make us all, like, better. And I was, like. Yeah, like actually that would be pretty legit. Yeah. So by the time we're done, we truck out there in July. We had a family move in with us, a family of four for two months. Then these guys come and live out there and you came when? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're forgetting a little a Yeah, little like piece. I don't remember I mean, your part I, on how you I got just, there. So I just also just, just like you, you preached part of this in a sermon a couple weeks ago yeah yeah over a couple sermons and then there was a couple even a couple blog posts zero times did you mention me <laughs> like like you're I'm, I'm your favorite you I'm, are, I'm gonna say i'm gonna I'm a, i have the microphone on. i'm your favorite you mentioned me zero times answer for this well <coughs> but i think i just foreknew that we were gonna do this together oh okay so now you're gonna get all the airtime in the world <laughs> And I didn't want to expose our relationship too early. Oh, per- you're waiting for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. That makes perfect sense. 
I don't remember. I I remember. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like they, I guess I was a year older than than those guys. Yeah. So I just been working construction for for a year, and I I half wanted to go to Bible school, and half wanted to because we were doing I was we were doing, doing youth. youth with you at, in Winnipeg, and yeah. and I just wanted to continue that. It was. I don't know. So it was fun and was awesome. spiritually fulfilling, and we were moving. I felt like, yeah, and so it was. It was really good to. I didn't want to lose that community, so I was like, "Hey, let's half heartedly go to SBC and just move out to Steinbeck," <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. And you started right in September, as well. Right when the guys came, I was the first one. You moved in there first, and yeah. then they each came. Oh, no, they kind of came together, the three of them, later in September. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's... I forgot that you were numero uno. I know. And, There's a lot of reasons and, for why and, I forgot And in your that. heart, still. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, so that, but I guess... So, if we're talking about like, people questioning you, like, this does not seem like a good... Uh, a normal idea... For you having a young family and then like it wasn't just like we had one Tim Bach was the one really good <laughs> gem in there. But the rest of it we're not it isn't just like like anything could happen. Oh yeah. So it wasn't just like, oh, we have some really studious kids coming to live in our basement. No, it's like we you guys are intense. Could be, yeah, yeah. The, that's yeah. fire could be started any minute. You've like we have no idea what could happen. Yeah. So why? What made you have that desire to bring that into your house? I guess. Yeah. We <laughs> before we moved to Steinbeck, we had one person live with us um, for a period of time. One of my youth kids uh, got removed from their home. And we went to pick them up and they came and lived with us. So we started the experience before we moved to Steinbach. In my heart, I've always wanted to have my Christian faith be real in every way. So people talk like the Acts 2. They talk about meet every day in the temple, break bread, do that stuff. But I wasn't really watching it happen. I didn't know how it was supposed to happen in the context of church. So this really neat thing was going on in our youth group at the church we were at and at the school, like simultaneously. And it it was so invigorating, but we were together every day. Hmm. So in the school, I had like this, it was a Christian school. So I had this youth group every day that couldn't leave. They had to come to, to, to the school. And then I just found some kids who wanted to run together and they just began to run. It was like, give them a little vision and they would run and they were crazy and awesome. And it was, it was life giving for me. Hmm. So I wanted discipleship to carry on. Like when we were doing youth together, sometimes we'd be at youth and have zero plan, but there'd be like 50 of us there. You're like, I think we should move all the sound equipment in the basement. I'm like, <laughs> like, no, you're like, no, I can totally do it. I'm like, well, if you want to do it, let's, Sure, like if you want to move it down, I was happy with just a guitar because that seemed like way too much work, but that was an area you loved. And then the next one was like, 
a game. Yeah. We didn't have a game. So it was like this little challenge. And I'd look over and I'd be like, hey, um, okay, guys, uh, Zach's going to lead us in a game. But we'd never talked about him leading a game. But he would just like look at me and I'd look at him. He'd be like, all right. So everyone get into a group of three. And we just tried things. Yeah. And I didn't want it to end. Was that? Was there any like security in it? Move like you going into a completely new job and new church. Like does carrying some of that past with you that had been working with did that play into it at all? That I wanted it to continue. That you wanted like like so bringing someone like like Zach along that like, you could just throw into any situation and he is going to bring these kids. Oh yeah. To a place like. You didn't know that you had those people at the new at oh the, yeah at totally. Southland when you moved, so yeah, was that that played into? Oh yeah, like it felt like um, Jesus and his disciples going into a new town, <laughs> and relationship, trust, ministry that was already there. It was all there, <laughs> so we could just jump in. It, it didn't matter if there was one lead, other leader. Like, yeah, they were young. You guys were all young. Like, you're 19, they're 18. Like, hello. Yeah. Like, they're not exactly, like, leader quality for, like, high school ministry or middle school. Like, maybe middle school, but not high school. Yeah. And we just went for it. Yeah. And it was awesome. Yeah, it was so much fun. Okay, really funny story. Totally inappropriate. But I think it's appropriate <laughs> for our first, first podcast because probably the least amount of people will listen to this one. <laughs> Perfect. So, uh, you know Chris Pughatch. So Chris Pewatch was in the city and he was doing a little church plant there. And so I was helping him and we were kind of a part of it and doing some leader stuff with him, which was awesome. And we, one of the guys came up with this name, this nickname for him. Do you remember the nickname? That's, that's, I call him it still, still? on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> pubes. Pubes is the. So pubes it is. And it seemed like zero problem to call him pubes when it was just us hanging out. And the first day that I brought you guys to the church for the church to know and meet these guys that love God, <laughs> walk in the door, Chris Pewatch is walking in the office, everyone's there, pubes! And it's like this <laughs> reunion that no one else was awkward about except for, I mean, not the Chris and the other person, just I'm so awkward. And the whole <laughs> office of this new church is like, what? These are your awesome, godly people. And I think that was like, it really set the precedent because it wasn't, it was just real. Like, it didn't care. It was like, yeah, let's no, just do it. Was, like, and that's real. True. Yeah. And that was such a fun relationship that we had with, yeah. Chris was a, he was a pastor of another church and we just called him pubes. Like, that's, that is crazy. Yeah. And no one got mad. No one got offended. We just... It was a really funny moment. It was... Yeah, terms of endearment. Yeah, that is a... Yeah. Is a, <laughs> and we just continued it from there on in. Like, it, we just... It kind of set the stage, in my opinion, for mm -hmm. being honest, being real, being just who you are. And if someone gets hurt or offended, let's just deal with that. But let's just go for it and be real. Yeah. Well, that's a... Yeah. There wasn't even even like just that example of not. Chris never took offense to that. Never. No, never. And that just made that relation like that. 
I think even for us, seeing that, seeing you as well in that same coming down to our level of our humor and then also bringing us up to a maturity with responsibility and spirituality okay. and, and who like actually living what we say we believe. Yeah. That, I think it's such a good balance that you found or yeah was there that I don't know. It grew us like crazy. Would you say <coughs> it was more of like the spontaneous or the late night talks? We're all just laying in the living room. Like, were those some of the things that were like most valuable? Like, we're just together and we're, we're having a big fire outside. Like, what what was especially in the early days? What would have been most valuable in our community life together? I, if for sure, the yeah, late night making toast and <laughs> and sitting by the fire yeah that was it was just that community us being just i don't know just together and living living life together but into those moments where we like we would be getting in trouble a lot of times like if we weren't in this group yeah, it could have led to all sorts of things. But, and so instead we're just sitting eating toast like that and making ridiculous jokes. And then the next second we're talking about God and the next second we're whatever, running around like outside at three in the morning, just like throwing stones at each other. Like it's just, it's just <laughs> anything could happen. And it was, I don't know, so real. I, like, I think that's yeah. what you say. It was yeah. just everything was just real do you okay so you and i are 10 years apart you moved in when you were 19 and so clearly our perspectives are different which is awesome so i think part of our podcast which are going to be i think my going to be my favorite is what you were thinking and what i was thinking and in here we get to be honest about what was really going on i think that's <laughs> going to be I think that's going to be really fun because I think there's things that I would have thought were really instrumental and you would have, you maybe just thought no big deal. And then there's going to be other parts where you're like, no, this was like key hmm. and it's going to be different for us because in the same way that I guess in that sense, I was discipling you guys um, or Kendra and I were both kind of in our, in our way. Uh, I, I was being discipled. So it's not in the direct way that you're, speaking into my life to teach me, but I was learning every day. How do mm -hmm. you help people grow? Can young people lead? Should you ever have an 18 year old that you have on your youth ministry team or whatever? Like what's vision and where, what's this and how does this work? And there's all these things that I had to sort through. What do I do with young guys who are up at 3am making music and we're all trying to sleep and we're going to be up at six. And it's like this weird thing what do you do with it what do you do when guys are on the internet too late and you they're not looking at anything bad but you're just like not sure if they're brilliant on the computer and you're just not so what do you do <laughs> the, with it but you are just not and that so i get it yeah i'm just not so the, the, that's i did did so i like even as you're thinking about those things or as you're going through it in those moments I guess maybe before you, 
I just wanted what what were the things that you felt then that you that were valuable or impacting to me personally or for you guys for us what what were the things that you feel like pushed us or or would have would have changed or uh i think i think about this stuff often so one of the things that i i think i've just heard from you guys often but it's something that i would have hoped is that you lived with my family so you got to see how Kendra and I interacted, how we trained our children. You got to interact with our kids. And we had two more children while some of you were living there. Like, So you got to be a part of it to know what does, I'll say, a, a godly family look like. And we're in a society where there's lots of broken families. Like we had, I don't know. Uh, I think almost 60 people live with us over the course of 11 years. And you were there how many of those 11? Like eight, seven, nine? No, probably. I don't know. I got married real quick, so I wasn't there for very long at the beginning. How long were you out then? I don't know. So, but yeah, six, six, seven, probably. Okay. So, yeah, so many, many people didn't. Um, that came in there in those throughout those years. So you lived with I don't know probably forty of them. Sure, yeah. But and you produced your own hatch, your own <laughs> colony. Uh, they when they I don't even know what I'm saying when they're when people are coming in. There's all these different people. This is where I'm getting feedback and dialogue from people. Yeah. And so I think family to observe how family operates and runs. A lot of the people living with us came from broken homes and or didn't have other families that they interacted with. So this just gave another, I think it gave another piece of it. Um, second one is actually, I think finances call it crazy, but why did we do bread? Cause we couldn't afford snacks. Cause you guys just ate us out of house and home. Cause <laughs> in the end we had what eight, eight of you guys by Christmas, I think yeah. of that first year. Yeah. So we, we didn't, we didn't have money to do that. It's one income, little kids, but we had this deal because of a friend, Neil, who's like, I know a place to get day old bread. So we went into the city, paid seven bucks for like 40 loaves and loaded the freezer. And we said, you guys can eat bread. And we became the house that people came to eat toast. And somehow that toast was like so sustaining. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was it was manna from heaven. That's... Yeah. It, and it... That's funny that that's it. some of the best memories I have were from eating toast. Toast. And purely because it wasn't affordable to be eating anything else. And I think I think we just don't know that in our society because we all want to live we 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 fully believe that unless you have access to everything, mm. you can't really be happy. I think we proved it wrong because how often was our table, not just from you guys, but others coming there, packed. Like, we had people coming over all the time to eat toast. Yeah. Like, that was awesome. <laughs> but that, did, you, did you ever feel, like aside from things breaking, that you needed to fix, like that you were lacking in stuff? And stuff has never been like a, a desire no. for you. But like living in a, in that way, because you had to give up my, so much 
ability to have stuff for yourself to have us were we, were we enough for you were you enough oh <laughs> that's so romantic uh were you enough it when your life is given to people and you watch them grow i don't know anything else that is more enjoyable than hmm. that and, and life-giving i think that's actually something growing up in it seeing it like actually you having value in in us uh what am i trying to say just value in us being there right and and, and then in the sacrificing but not ever sacrificing joy no i think probably the place where joy gets sacrificed is more on kendra's side than my side <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be my next question because we should almost rewind a little bit because you're in for whatever oh yeah totally my personality allows that <laughs> but but even from the from the jump did was kendra game so this is how it impacted our marriage and discipling is like it for Kendra, she followed all the rules her whole life. So she did all the right stuff. She was like youth leadership team, going to church. She was always a good kid, never rebelled, all of those things. Um, so in marrying me, here she marries a guy who's really passionate and living a different world. So just assumed the godly way is my way. Now, I didn't push that on her. So she was like, no, that's no, yeah, let's do that. That's a great idea. Like she was so accommodating and awesome. But we had to learn how to communicate that mm. my way isn't more godly than her way or what I want to do more honoring to God. No. So we learned how to become really honest about everything. From the littlest things to the biggest things. And even one time, Kendra, I remember her coming into our house. We probably had guys living there for a couple of years already, maybe just a year. And she walked into our room one night and said, today, I felt love for one of the guys. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I've, I've not felt love for the guys ever. I did my job out of duty. I cook food. I clean up. There's no love or no joy. Not that I would feel. I do it because it's the right thing. Now, hmm. that's not all bad because that's how Kendra often lived. Yeah. But she felt love for one of the people. I don't even remember which person. She just felt love. And it was like the person sort of needed just a mom. And she felt this need. I think I'm, I think I'm articulating it accurately for her. Needed something. And she felt empathy and care and felt love. And I was like, Oh, I never knew that she didn't feel it ever. And and so she comes in. I'm like, this is amazing. So we just rejoiced. Hmm. And she, she felt it. So no, did I take her along the ride? Oh, yeah. This is, she had to grow in it. Oh, yeah. Like I would have just, she gave me an inch. Like I was like eight miles because I dream big. I live big and I want to do everything. So that's my nature. So. But today, because we've grown so close and we trust each other explicitly, you notice we don't have anyone living with us right now. Yeah. It's just our family because we've heard very clearly from the Lord that, that our season now is our family, our children, their friends, them coming in, and it's 
kind of their turn to open up our home for people. Huh. Yeah, that's really that's really cool. Mm-hmm. That I, I what I remember, like I loved Kendra so much, and your kids. I think it's so so, so even that my relationship with the house or your family. Yeah. Will be different than a lot of the guys too. Cause I just had a, that different in whatever it is. I, I love children. You love them and you want their hearts. <laughs> like you would come home from college, not do homework and just be playing outside and on the trampoline. And when you quit college to go to work, it was like a massive loss hmm. in our home because the kids just that time wait. investment. Yeah. In that, yeah. It's a, but I think even for for me, in, in those in those moments too, that that aspect of community and just being around, like I just didn't have there's not kids in my life, right? And even the churches, like I would, I, we would help with I would be with the youth or whatever. And I didn't even actually really maybe know how much I loved hmm. kids. But so that just like I don't know, just let it let it out, and I got to really live that and learn that it's not a burden, right? And I think at t- teenage guys at that point, yeah, twenty year old guys, kids are a burden. Yeah, they're an, a, a lot a of the nuisance, time. Annoying. It, like, yeah, annoying is a big. They inhibit you from doing what you want, and it, but I loved that I don't know just that you would let me mm. just go let's go run outside let's go play let's go do whatever Thriker let's just go be crazy and whatever you want to do let's just have fun yeah and I got to and I think I don't know maybe maybe God knew I'd have five boys of myself and <laughs> need that experience and figuring out how to how to get that energy out with them but that was something i remember super foundational huh. for me so that's a that's a family aspect but i think that's a a different perspective that i actually took out of out of the house in that way i think church today it's a question that they need to probably ask and sort through is is sort of probably along this end on the children's side it's like we put them in like you're articulating like we put them into children's men and we have some leaders that are there and we do this over here but to actually have time to like bond and play with kids to create emotional connectedness to be together yeah is is really different. So I'm also a, a lover of children and our church is loaded with kids. But there isn't a weekend that I'm not with the children. Like we do some worship and song at the beginning and then we do a little break to grab coffee. But in that break, before the message, I'm always downstairs and I go play with the kids, pray with the kids, high fives. Like I get hugs and care and... Like it's, it's super rich, but it keeps me, it keeps me really grounded. Like mm. part of what we do is, is this. And then in the church as well, I'm talking church really broad. Um, it's like, oh, when someone has a child and they're involved in youth ministry, well, they should pull out for a period of time because there's a verse on war 
that you shouldn't go to war in the first year of marriage or having children. Like there's all these theologies we create. And actually the best thing ever is bring your children and do ministry together. Have your kids a part of it because kids teach you unconditional love. They teach you forgiveness. They teach you how to play. They teach you to know God like innocently, which is why they have such a dear spot in God's heart. Hmm. And I think they need to be there. So we have our youth leaders in our church. They just had a baby a few months ago. And like the kids highlight for both middle school and high school is when the baby comes (laughs) and we have like these awkward teenage boys. Sorry if you guys are listening. Um, that haven't held babies before and they're yeah, totally. cooing over this you've just become like a bubbly mess I, and I, I, maybe that's something that's that's missing and maybe that's why it's so impactful for me like just actually just day in day out getting to there's just such a wonder that that maybe through those years of I mean, maybe you never noticed it until you have your own kids or until you actually get to really invest. And so as, as a guy and I never babysat growing up or mm. whatever. So, so I, th- I think that was such, cause you can, uh, I mean, now I'm able to articulate that, that I can find God see God in the wonder of these kids, even yeah. just in them watching you in amazement at what you're doing or just their, the open eyes of just pure love for you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that was, I don't know. It's it, awesome. It, <laughs> I'm like tearing up just even thinking about it. Just, you know, I see that in my kids right now. Like that was one of the, my favorite things. And I think I, I've, like you're right, we missed that. Yeah, that whole adolescence is just misses some of that. Well, if we, we separate it like that. We haven't really had a <laughs> time like just my parents' generation, like fourteen children and nine children. With their so so you grew up in family, you grew up in community. Like mm-hmm. my family is all farming community, so you're you're together. You need something, you go get eggs from the farm. You're and there's interactions that way. But yeah. now. You know, two, three, four kids in a family. Yeah, that's the youngest two don't see children. You know, like you don't see, hmm. you're not looking after kids. You're not. There's no need, kind of, for that. Yeah. And so I shouldn't even say four kids. Like, average is like two. You know, and and so we get a little bit more because I have four and you have five. But even when you came over here today to do this, it's like my kids like coming in, giving you a hug. Like the relationship is there, and we don't even like, get to see each other all that much. But yeah. The, the depth of relationship started because all they knew, all my kids, all of my children, all they knew before we moved here three years ago, not even three, is community living. Yeah. Like, that's all they knew. And and you were instrumental from the beginning with them. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. I, so for me, that is a huge, that has been so huge for me. I mean, I just keep saying that it doesn't yeah. really mean anything, except that it means something to me. But, but even so, even for I don't did feel like you sacrificed in that sense of of you with your kids at all, because even because even then, like I, you would come home from work and I probably was running around with them, playing around with them. It it 
didn't feel like sacrifice because they got they got something from the relationships that they couldn't get from just mom and dad hmm. and we got to help our children learn how to communicate with adults with teens we got to teach them when you guys moved back in and you had children it's like just because you had a different set of rules than we had like it was actually fine because our children are our children Yours are yours. Yeah. And they need to obey their parents. And we yeah. have rules in place for a reason. Yeah. It's like a, just a growing up in multiculture almost. Yeah. And it, I think <coughs> what was rich for our, our family in that regard is like, so kids go to school and you might hear from a teacher maybe once a year about a challenge your kid is having, but like in our home, like we saw it and then we got to deal oh, for sure. Yeah. And then we, as dads could sit down and like, okay, like what are we going to do with this thing? And we gave permission that if you needed to deal with our kids, you could, if I need to deal with yours, we could. And it was like this really beautiful thing. I, I think that the piece that I learned, cause a lot of other people wanted to do community living. And I usually told people, don't do it. Don't do it because it's so exposing like if you have anything hidden in your life, it will be exposed. <laughs> yeah. Which is why many people moved out of our home out of just a probably like shame of what they're doing or like, I don't want, I don't want this part of my life exposed. And, but we couldn't have our, like we couldn't have hidden stuff either. Yeah. And so I would tell people don't live in community, but if you do like, Someone needs to be like the leader. Like some someone needs to have not not leader positionally, leader, actual leadership in the lives of people. So you guys all came. I, I was a leader for you and you were choosing to come under our, our leadership as a hmm. pastor or caregiver or minister or whoever. Yeah. And then other people that came in, it was similar. Like this is what we were doing. We were and I could I could give leadership. If there's challenges, I could lead. If it's just community living to have community living and not to train up and raise up and disciple, etc. I don't know how well it would work. You just yeah, nice yeah. roommates. I don't know. Well, that's a good point. Does it? You would have to have to have also like as being a leader, you also have to give up a ton of what you view leadership as to actually make that work or a traditional yeah leadership. traditional leadership <laughs> yeah i wouldn't really have said it it's more like moral leadership probably more than anything yeah because, that's fair like we had mostly guys but then there's some like different girls that moved in for different periods of time and then when you guys got married and lived with us for those who are listening who don't know we had a couple families living together um in in that regard too like i i was always i, I had always been pastor in some sense for each of the people living there yeah they came to the church and we connected they were involved in ministry or a cell leader or we were really growing together and there was this decision not out of necessity out of a desire to grow and that's how we did it and i think that's part of the reason why it works same yeah, within that's... a family it works in our family because mom and dad are in charge and we're trying to raise the kids up 
and it doesn't mean we want to control them. It means you're, you're trying to train them so that they can leave and be successful human beings in the world that love God, mm-hmm. you know, like that. So you're, you're always kind of working on that front. Yeah. I, and I guess, I guess I'm thinking more, you have to give up, but I think maybe it's just a, something we just always need to give up it's like a mutual submission type of yeah type of thing like there are giving up allowing us to make mistakes allowing your children to make mistakes or even say let's try it this way and be like okay you know what sure let's do that fully yeah. knowing it's gonna it's yeah. gonna fail i guess that's not actually giving anything up that's actually just leading well yeah, I think because we, or I, Kendra too, just, it was different for both of us. Like, we just loved it, and it wasn't, for me, it wasn't obligatory at all. And it's like, if you could invest in 36 bales in the backyard to make a snowboard park, or buy a second vehicle, <laughs> buy the bales, because no one's doing that. Like, let's just try it. Uh, yeah, how you, tall was that thing? Four bales, I think, high, round bales uh, high, plus was... snow, another four foot of snow or six foot on top. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, That's for a different podcast, that but that was awesome. Time. Yeah. But I think it was like that. It was like trying to help others fulfill their dream. Hmm. And so, you, like, that's why we build a studio. Because you were doing this music thing, and it's like, we're going to do an addition. It's like, Adam, you want a studio? The space is here. Let's Let's begin. Yeah. And then we're working through the money thing again. It's like, well, it's going to cost us like 80 grand for the equipment to make a professional studio. Let's not do that. Let's build it. The money for. Piece by piece. Make, piece do by what piece. we can do. And now look what you're doing full time. Like, yeah. you got to do production and all sorts. It's awesome. The, uh, that's questions for a different time. Okay. <laughs> I'll, maybe we should get to a closure here that's the, that's, the, that's what i was just thinking too i'll just say the third so i said like i said the two other things that were that we learned there but the third one in our home that was like the instrumental for me is like the real conversations you say around toast i remember more of them like two in the morning one in the morning laying on the living room floor we're all hanging out hmm. starts off we're talking about girls you guys are getting all jacked about this thing i find it hilarious because it's like 18 19 20 year olds but then like the real stuff came out of like maybe what's inappropriate to talk to your dad about Hmm. but maybe exactly what dad should have talked to their their boys about yeah and everything was open game like we're not just talking like sex we're talking like like all of those pieces how it works but also bearing children and what does it look like and how often do couples have sex and what's appropriate and why did God plan it this way? And what does it look like? And we spend time just hours on everything. And then we talk about a particular girl and, and we'd be like, I don't know, man, like what about this part? And how does it, and we just explored yeah. and everything was game and we knew it wasn't just going to go spread everywhere else. Like it was all game. Everything was open. Every question was acceptable in every way. Yeah. Yeah. I think, think that actually then leads into like I, it's just such a safe space that we could explore all of that and it's not even like my parents or our parents or even that generation didn't want to just didn't know how yeah fair yeah but i think that 
I can take that now and actually I can talk with my kids. I'm I hope that I can still yeah. carry that and that can translate in a way because because there's been that we've walked through that. Yeah. And I've explored it in a such a healthy, safe way that it wasn't scary, it wasn't embarrassing, yeah. it wasn't and it still might be weird with my kids once they get to it I'm sure it will be. But I th- there's already kind of that language that yeah. that I've understood from those moments, the way that you could talk with us through that, that I think is super, that was super helpful as well. That's, it, yeah, that's super cool. I think today, so now after all of these years and all that stuff that we learned, so now I have teenagers, so I have... 17, 15, 12, and 10, and my 15-year-old is a boy, and he is right at the puberty level, and something that has just happened in this last year is it's like, so the rest of the family's girls, and sometimes the girls in her family will make comments that little, my little weak, funny mind, it's like they make a comment, but it's like hysterical if you're a guy, and it's like the funniest moment. So for years, you just laugh about it to yourself inside. It's like <laughs> they innocently said something. But I remember often, even thinking about this from coming to this podcast, like think often like now Riker and I, we like look at each other and mom or one of the girls will make a comment that is like, clearly we shouldn't be, <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing about it because yeah. it's like inappropriate, but it's hysterical. <laughs> And we just look at each other. We just lose our minds at the table. And the, the rest of the girls like, you guys are so immature. <laughs> and it just reminds me. It's like, yeah, but that's actually like, it's like bonding. It was like what we did as guys. It was that, like yeah. any comment. We'd look at each other. We just, we die. And it's like anytime there could be sort of an inside joke, a, a sort of a connection, hmm. not to harm anyone, just because you had been through something together, hmm. you know? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's super valuable. So... Anyway, we thought we would try this podcast. I don't even know how you're going to post it or what you're going to do, but that's up to you. Yeah, yeah. You got, you got a name for it? <laughs> Not a chance. Yeah, okay. Well, I really hope someone will help us or you'll come up with something really catchy. And then I guess what uh, what we wanted was to invite people into our conversation. Yeah. And so I guess the result of that is if there is questions about what our home was like or theological or where we're going to or anything. This to me is like what the game is. It's like, it's just wide open and we're inviting you into our 1 a.m. conversations laying on the floor in my house and we're in Steinbach, hmm. wetting ourselves laughing and moving into prayer and having worship together. And so I think we're sort of inviting you into the living room. I think that's actually... A perfect description of what it, yeah before we started i said let's just let's just figure out what we are actually trying to say <laughs> as we're going through it. you just summed it up perfectly welcome to so, our living room welcome to the living room and before we finish you should take out your phone and take a photo of how we're set up because i took a photo of how you're set up oh, uh, go, oh so right. that we all at right, least all right, all right. have it done all right perfect all cool. right. thanks for joining us yeah yeah see you later